Well, good morning, everyone. Baby, it's cold outside. Thank you. Thank you for that. Woo, I don't know about you Florida people. I'm not used to this. But it feels good. It's a little bit of a change. It feels good. I'm so glad that you're here today. Um, God's doing some great things in our church. I'm excited about Group Sunday. Um, a lot of people, they're asking, how can I get more connected? How can I really be a part of this church? How are you going to connect to other people? Because we're growing as a church. Last Sunday, we had our largest Sunday that we've ever had on a non-event, non-Easter, non-Christmas Eve Sunday, last Sunday by more than 200 people. So our church is growing. But as our church grows, and gets larger, it's important that we find ways to get smaller and more connective with other people. How that's going to happen is through serving, but also by joining a small group where you can connect, live life together with other believers. Part of being a part of a family is to really be doing life together with your brothers and sisters, to have people around you that are looking after you when you have need or when you're struggling, maybe to hold you accountable, but to stand with you when we go through things. It's so, so important. So I invite you. There are small groups for everything you can think of out there. And the leaders are great. Um, if you join a group and you're like, I'm not sure this is for me, just switch around, find the group that's for you, but it's worth, how many are in groups right now? Isn't it a wonderful thing to be part of a small group? Thank you, one person in a group. <laughs> Wednesday night, we started our 21 days of prayer and fasting. How many were here for Worship Wednesday? Wasn't that a great time of worship? It was a great launch. So what we're doing is every day we are posting a video from one of our pastors that has a scripture verse, but it also has a prayer for you. It's important that we start into this new year believing God with an expectation that this is going to be a great year. The foundation of our year starts in January. I love what January brings. January brings hope. It brings a new beginning. It brings a new start. And I know a lot of people are re-engaging their lives with Jesus Christ being on the forefront. This Friday, we're going to have a prayer meeting. You know what my hopes are? We're going to start in the chapel, but my hopes are so many people from countryside come out because they have a hunger and thirst to pray and seek the face of God that we have to come over here. Wouldn't that be a great problem to have? So come and join us this Friday at seven o'clock. Join us every single day, but let's set this 21 days apart to really seek the face of God. Last week, we started in a new series called New Thing. And what we talked about is how often we look at other people and we compare our lives and we compare where they are, um, where we are. And we think oftentimes I could never do what they're doing. I could never be as respected as they are. I could never have a great walk with Jesus like they do. But so often we don't realize what they're doing that creates growth in their lives. And in your notes, I want to encourage everyone to take out your notes. We're going to be doing some things in our notes today a little bit different. But it, in your notes, it says, it's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. I'm going to read that again. It's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. So last week we talked about what is that one word? 
What is the one word that you are setting apart to focus this year on and then connect a verse to that word so that you're focusing on one small element in your life that's gonna bring great change and big things of the direction that you wanna be? How many are expecting great things in 2023? If you expect it, I wanna encourage you to have faith to believe for it, but you've got to change the way that you begin to look at your life in the smallest of ways. How many did their one word? Very good, well, very good, very good. You're very studious, half, half of you. So in this series, what we're gonna be looking at is we're looking at our thoughts that influence our words, which causes us to have action in a certain way that creates our habits, and our habits is what creates our, our behavior and our destiny. So today we're focusing, we're zeroing in on our thoughts and our mind and the way that we think in the smallest of ways. Where is your mind at? First service, we had a pigeon that was flying around. Is he still there? And I'm up here, I'm trying to preach. I'm like, come on. And I'm looking, everybody's like. <laughs> and I told him, I said, just so you know, I don't believe it's a pigeon. I believe it's a dove. And the Holy Spirit is ascending upon us this morning. <laughs> so every service you're in, there's gonna be distractions all around you because that's what the enemy does. The enemy wants to distract us to get our minds off of what God's trying to say and what God's trying to speak to us. So in Proverbs chapter 23, verse seven, it says this, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So as a man or a woman, as they think in their heart, so is he. So we're gonna to begin to look today at our thoughts because in our thoughts, our life will always be moving the direction of our strongest thoughts. Our life will always be moving and going the direction of our, strong, of our strongest thoughts. So if you think that you can't, you probably won't. If you think life is bad and is only going to get worse, life will more than likely get much worse and negative for you. If you think you can't make a difference and that you're not able to do this and you're not gifted to this, you are gonna be stuck and you're isolating yourself and you're pigeonholing yourself into a corner of unbelief. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is descending upon us this morning. You know, I have never used that phrase pigeonholing until that moment. So, I, You know, I, our confidence makes a difference in the way that we act, the way we interact. Our confidence, it, it affects our actions. I can remember being 12 years old and I played baseball and I played at Sidlicton Park in Clearwater, Clearwater Little League. And I'll never forget being an insecure 10 year old and I'm playing with 12 year olds because I was the size of a 12 year old at age 10. And I'll never forget this game. There was a kid that was pitching in this game and the kid probably weighed 200 pounds. He's 12 years old. He's got a full beard. He's got muscles with veins shooting out. And he's pitching, I'm watching him warm up, and I'm like, <laughs> and as I'm watching him warm up, I'm thinking, 
I hope he doesn't kill me. And I know I'm going to strike out, so I might as well just get up there and take three strikes and go back and sit down. Now, my coach saw me. And my coach saw me, Coach Wayne Sumner looked at me and he saw fear in my eyes and he says, Glenn Davis, get over here right now. And he goes, you look at me, look at me. You are the best player out here. You can hit anyone. That guy is nothing but a chump and you're gonna hit him. That ball is gonna be so big, you need to go up there with confidence that you are going to hit that ball. And I'm like, all right. So I'll never forget, you know, the funny things you remember from your childhood. I'll never forget that moment where that 200 pound bearded man that needed a DNA test fired that ball and I had confidence and I swung and I hit the ball out of the ballpark at age 10 center field. I'll never forget that moment. But you know what? If I would have went up there thinking I'm gonna strike out That's what it would look like. But when we have confidence and we believe that we're gonna be able to do something, it changes everything about us. You see, when we think that we can, you probably will. When you see an opportunity and you feel like, okay, if God's for me, who's against me? It's an opportunity. We're not looking at things as stumbling blocks and terrible things. We're looking at everything around us as an opportunity to grow, to be better, to expand our abilities and to believe God. You see, if we believe that God's for you and that the power of the Holy Spirit is inside of you, you will be able to do things you never thought possible in your life because you and God make a majority. And the enemy wants to destroy you and he wants you to be locked into a life of doubt, fear, and negative thinking. Remember, it's the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. Your life will always move the direction of your strongest thoughts. So I want everyone to take out your notes. Today we're gonna to do a little quiz. Actually what is called, it's a thought audit. For so many people, this is where they're stuck right here in their heads. And they're not able to move forward. They're not able to grow. They're not able to develop. They're not able to move into all that God has for them because we're locked into terrible negative thinking of doubt and fear and anxiety. So everybody have this, hold it up. I wanna make sure you're, you're right along with me. Oh, I saw the pigeon move right when you wave that along. All right. So let's look at the first one. So as you're examining your thoughts, do you find yourself worried or do you find yourself peaceful? Is your nature in your thought life, where you, are you more on the worried side, worried about the bills, worried about things that are gonna come up, worried about our job, worried about a diagnosis that we haven't even had, what may happen, and I'm gonna get sick. Where do you fall on that between one and 10? Just mark that. Or do you find yourself peaceful? You know, when you have Jesus in your life, he can give a supernatural peace where you're able to bathe in the peace of God to know that everything is going to work out okay because God's in it and God's working good out in our life. Even through a broken world with broken circumstance, God will bring good out of it. 
His word promises that. The next one, do you find yourself as a negative person or more of a positive person? Do you know people that may be around you? Maybe it's not you, it's not anyone in here, but there are some people that have the spiritual gift of negativity. They only see the negative in the people around them. And they see what's wrong before they're able to even see what's right. They find themselves discontented. Oh, if I was only married, then I would be happy. If I only had kids, then I would be happy. If I only had different kids, then I would be happy. Or do you find yourself as a person that looks for the good in other people? I love where John Maxwell in one of his books, he says, I love to look at every person that I see and I put a 10 over their heads. Because oftentimes we can, when we're negative, we're judging people before they've even acted out to, to, to see who they really are. Do you walk into church and see all the good things that God's doing? Do you find yourself positive even in the midst of a bad day that you know that God's gonna do a good work in you and through you and bring something great out of a bad day? What kind of person are you? So mark that between one and 10. And then the last question on this audit is, do you find your thoughts more worldly or eternal? Do you find yourself really more concerned with what people think about you? What do you wear? What do you drive? How can I be more popular? How can I please the people more around me? Do you find yourself thinking in a worldly fashion rather than eternal? Eternal, you're waking up and you're saying, God, today is your day. I can't wait to get started with this day because I want to glorify the name of Jesus with the way that I live and the way that I love the people that are around me. Today's going to be a day where I'm going to help someone that's struggling, that may be spiritually down. I'm going to be the one that's going to bring the word, that's going to encourage them because this world is, oh, but a moment that we're living through because what we are heading towards is an eternal life in heaven with Jesus Christ. Every week we have that Jesus doesn't come back is an extra week that we have the opportunity to use the gift that God's given us to lead people to Christ and to populate heaven. That's a great, great thing. So Mark, one to 10, are you more worldly or are you more eternal in your thinking? So let me ask you how you did. If you didn't score a 10, 10, and 10, this message is for you. And guess what? I didn't score a 10 on any of those things. So this message is for me too. Because remember, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thought. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, starting in verse two, says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn and know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. I want you to hear this. God has a perfect will for every single one of your lives. 
So many people, they walk around, they feel like, oh, it's just God's will for me to suffer. It's God's will for me to stay in this bottom and this valley. No, you hear me. When you change the way that you think, that's when you're gonna know God's will for you, which is good, which is pleasing, and it's perfect. But the only way we're gonna find God's perfect, good, and pleasing will for our lives is to change the way that we think. In your notes, let me give you two things today. How do you change the way that you think? Number one, we need to capture destructive thoughts, worried thoughts, negative thoughts, worried thoughts, fearful thoughts. Second Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse three, it says, for we live in the world, but we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they are divine power. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. The word power there, the Greek word is dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite. It's explosive power. Hear me. Too many Christians walk around not understanding the authority that they've been given in their relationship with Jesus Christ. You have been given by God authority to demolish, to blow up, to explode these negative strongholds and thoughts that are going through your life. The word strongholds, it comes from the Greek word akamora. It means that you are a prisoner locked in deception. You are locked up in the deception and the lies that the enemy is pouring into your mind unless you realize the power that God's given each one of us as believers. It's a dunamis, dynamite, explosive power that God's given you to take those thoughts, to come against those thoughts, to pray against those thoughts and demolish them in Jesus' name. The enemy wants to destroy you. That's his assignment. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your future. He wants to spoil your witness. He wants to destroy every part of your life. But what the enemy does is he fills our minds with lies. He fills our minds with things that are absolutely not true. Verse five, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. This is what we do. We take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. We demolish the lies by taking those thoughts captive, blowing them up, destroying them, and making them be obedient to the word that God is, which is all truth. Do you ever notice the lies that come inside of your mind are so loud? You see the enemy screaming in your ears and in your mind that you're no good, that you're weak, that you're bad. Oh, your past, how could God deliver you from your past? You're such a bad person, you're a liar, you're no good. And they're screaming. But you see, when you take those thoughts captive and you make those thoughts obedient to Jesus Christ, and you blow up those negative thoughts that are lies that the enemy's speaking over you and in you, guess what happens? Then you're able to hear the still small voice 
of what Jesus says you are and who Jesus says you're to be. I love that song that we sang today. I'm, I'm a child of God. I'm chosen. I'm not forsaken. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Come on. We've got to begin to speak and believe and fill our minds with what God's word says about us and who God's word says that we are. I want to just give you a few things. I want to speak these, these scriptures over your lives today. This is a, it's a crucial message for a lot of people. This is where a lot of people are stuck. A lot of people are paralyzed because they're paralyzed with this negative, horrible, terrible, ungodly way of thinking. And today I want to speak over you who God says that you are. I'm a child of God. John 1, 12. But to all of you who have received, those who believe in his name, he has given the right to become God's children. You're a child of God. Hear me, hear me. You're a friend of Jesus. John 15, 15, I'm no longer called you slaves because the slave does not understand what his master is doing. But I called you friends, because I have revealed to you everything I heard from my father. Jesus calls every single one of you his friend. Receive that. You're a friend of Jesus. You have been justified and redeemed. Justified. Because of the blood of Jesus, it's just as if we've never sinned. Justified. Romans 3.24. But they are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Your old self was crucified with Christ and I'm no longer a slave to sin. So many people think, oh, I just can't do it. I'm too, no, you can do it because no longer are you a slave to sin, Romans 6, 6. You have been set free from the law of sin and death in Romans 8, 2. You're a child of God. You're also an heir with Jesus Christ. You are an heir to Jesus Christ, just as he is. You have been accepted. So many people live in a world where no one accepts them. Hear me. You are accepted by Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 15, verse seven. In Christ Jesus, hear this. You have wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. We are redeemed because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. First Corinthians 1.30, it says, he is the reason you have a relationship with Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and wisdom and redemption. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, First Corinthians chapter six, verse 19. I am joined to the Lord and I am in one spirit with him, First Corinthians 6.17. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, so, so then if anyone in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Look, what is new has come. You're not who you used to be. Can you say thank you, Jesus, for that? You have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. I have been set free in Jesus Christ. Isn't it wonderful to know that whom the Son sets free, it's free indeed. 
Galatians chapter five, verse one, it says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. So stand firm then and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. When the temptations come, oh no, I am set free from that addiction in Jesus' name. I'm set free from that toxic relationship in Jesus' name. I'm no longer gonna conform with the ways of the world because I'm a new creation. I'm new, fresh child of God. So with all of these things that we have in our mind in a broken world that's constantly bringing hurt, deception, fear, I wanna ask you, what are you putting inside of your mind every day? What are you exposing yourself to in this world that's only gonna bring toxicity and a sickness inside of your mind that's gonna affect the way that you think, which is gonna affect the words that you speak, which is gonna affect the way that you live your life? What are you listening to? Garbage in. Garbage in, garbage out. You see, review in your mind every day. Review the truth. I am an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. Destroy the destructive thoughts that are inside of your mind in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Number two, fix your thoughts on spiritual things. What do we do with these thoughts? Here's the instruction that's given to us by the apostle Paul when he's in prison nearly a time where he's going to be executed. This is what he says in Philippians chapter four, starting in verse eight. It says, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Remember last week we talked about the different times in scripture it says, but that one thing, it's so important for the apostle Paul. He says, one final thing. You got to hear me on this. It's so important. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right, and lovely, and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise, and then the God of peace will be with you. In a world filled with anxiety, stress, people are overwhelmed with anxiety in the world that we live in. How many want peace in this crazy world that's gone crazy? Here we go. How do you get peace you got to fix your your mind. You got to take those thoughts that are lies, take them captive and demolish them, blow them up and fix your thoughts. Here's the filter. Here's the litmus test for your thought life. Is it true? Is it honorable? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it lovely and admirable? Because when we think on things that are excellent and worthy of praise, then the God of peace will be with you. We have to capture the lies and fix our mind on the things that are true. Let me tell you, something that I struggled with since I was a little boy was self-confidence. I've shared many times in high school, I nearly failed speech class. Let me tell you a little bit more, a little deeper into that speech class. I used to be so absolutely afraid and negative about myself, feeling so unworthy and unable to do anything in that class. When I knew my speech was coming up, I would fake it as if I was sick. And I create this fake cough that my mom bought and I would miss two weeks of school, hoping that when I came back to speech class, that they would forget that it was my turn. 
and it affected my confidence level. I didn't feel good about myself, which affected the way that I related to the people around me, which made me be isolated. There were probably five to six years I had no friends, and it was all because I internalized negativity about myself and created a self-hatred of myself. That was a lie. I believed the lie that the enemy was speaking into my mind that says you can't, you're shy, you're an overweight kid, you don't have the ability, nobody's going to look up to you, no one's going to listen to you. But you see, when I turned that lie around and focused on who God says that I am, and this is what God will do in your life. He'll take the things that you may think in your mind are the worst possible qualities of yourself. He'll take those things and he'll turn it around. When you give it to God and you change the way you think about yourself and he'll make that your strongest thing and quality about yourself. Who would have thought Glenn Davis at Countryside High School when the speech teacher said, never, I repeat, never do public speaking. And I said, don't worry, I will never. Be careful what you say never to because there are always a but God moment. The things that God will take in your life, he'll turn around the things that the enemy has meant for harm to destroy you. The enemy wanted to be paralyzed and destroyed, but when I gave it to God, he took it, turned it around and brought glory to his name. That's what he does. That's what he'll do. That's what he wants to do for you. To this day, almost every week, Elena feel me go, <gasps> before I come up on this stage, and she'll grab my knee and says, you're made for this. Be who God's called you to be. And I wanna speak that over you today. Let me grab your knee. Do what God created you to do. Be the person that God created you to be. Stop believing the lies that the enemy is pouring into your mind to destroy you, to paralyze you, to keep you far away from God's perfect will for your life because God's perfect will for your life is good. It's pleasing and it's perfect when we rely on him. Believe the truth of God's word. So what kind of person are you gonna be? What kind of thinker are you going to think? You know, there's a big difference between vultures and hummingbirds. I used to live in Oldsmar. Oldsmar, man, there were like vultures everywhere. I couldn't believe it. There's just like 10, 15 vultures. They were like following me around waiting for me to die, I thought. <laughs> but what do vultures do all day long? All they do is they look for death. They're looking for dead things all day long. They get together and they have a dead thing party as a group. It's amazing what they do. That's all they do all day long. But the hummingbird, have you ever watched the hummingbird? What does a hummingbird do? All day long, that hummingbird so happily, because I've watched it on the National Geographic. There's usually happy music with the hummingbirds. They look for the sweet nectar all day long. So what kind of person are you gonna be? Are you going to look in your day for just the dead, negative, hurtful, destructive things? Are you gonna look 
to see God's very best is right in front of you when you start looking for the good and you start looking for the nectar in people's lives and the nectar of God's word that he wants to pour inside of you. I encourage you. Every day, even if it's five minutes, start your day off right. Speak it over your mind to fix your mind on spiritual things. To ask God for an opportunity to be used by him. Lord, every day, help me to be sensitive to you. Help me to guard my heart and my words and my thoughts and begin to look for the good things that God has for you in your life. Listen to podcasts. Listen to Christian radio. Put worship on. You know, an atmosphere that will be changed in your life is when you begin in the middle of pain and anxiety to just worship. It changes the atmosphere of everything. So this week, what I want to ask you to do, I'm going to ask you to have one thought, something that, that you may struggle with, one thought where you're going to demolish the lies of that thought and you're going to replace it with the truth of God's word. Maybe it's, I'm courageous. What a great thought that is. You know, I read a book last week that said that only 2% of people that are in church will invite people to come to church with them. And the reason for that is because they have fear. I want to encourage you, have the spirit that is courageous because there are people that God wants you to invite, to encourage, that only you can. Maybe it's I'm an overcomer. Maybe it's I'm selfless. And your thoughts are more of you and less of me. When we get our eyes off of ourselves, it changes so much. Maybe your thought is, I'm encouraged and I want to be an encourager because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You see, if you want to have change in your life, you have to change your thoughts because your thoughts then become your words and your words become your action, which creates the habits in your life that will absolutely determine your future. You want a future that's strong? You want a future that's explosive for the kingdom of God? Start with the small things that are going through your mind. Because remember, your life is always going the direction of your strongest thoughts. So as we close out, remember, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn and know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Remember, as Paul said, my dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what's true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then the God of peace will be with you. Remember these verses because they will change the way that you think. Psalm chapter 104, verse 34, as I close today. May all my thoughts be pleasing to him. Let that be the prayer of your heart. God, let all my thoughts be pleasing to you, for I rejoice in the Lord. You want to grow to be all that God's called you to be? You want to begin to heal? You want to begin to allow things that have been holding you back to be released and demolished? You want to walk into really God's perfect will for your life? You want to walk in the fullness of joy? You want to walk in perfect peace that can only come from the Father? 
It starts right here. Between these two ears, this four-inch section right here can be so destructive or it can be so healing. Fill your heart, fill your mind with the Word of God and begin to believe the truth of what God says about you, who you are, who he created you to be, the future that he has for you, it's all right here. Begin to believe the truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for the truth of your word. It's healing. There's so much hope in your word. There's so much future. There's so much strength. The supernatural strength that your word brings to our hearts and our mind is overwhelming. So I pray today, fill your church with the peace that passes understanding as we fix our minds on the truth of who you are and what your word says. Let hope rise in our hearts today, I pray. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed, every eye closed, we're gonna dismiss in just a moment. But let me ask you this. Maybe you're here today, and maybe you've been one foot in church, one foot out of church. Maybe you've never really dedicated your life and given your life to Jesus Christ. You see, what salvation is, it's not about church attendance. It's not about what you've done in the past. It's not about what you do in the future. It's about believing and putting Jesus Christ in the place that only he can have on the throne of our heart to make him your Lord and your Savior. You see, Jesus came for the redemption of our sins. He came for a broken, sinful world to bring healing and to bring forgiveness. But it's up to us to receive the gift that can only come through salvation of Jesus Christ. If you're here today, every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor Glenn, pray for me. I want that relationship. I wanna know that healing. I wanna know that forgiveness. I want salvation today. When I count to three, if that's you, just raise your hand. I'm not gonna embarrass you, call you out. But I believe that today is the day of salvation for you and that there's hope and your future is going to be strong when you put God first in your life. One, two, three. Raise your hand if that's you. Yes, yes, yes. Will you look at me when you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, yes, God bless y'all. Amen, amen, amen. Yes, 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 thank you, thank you. Praise God. You know, oftentimes we pray for a move of God. I want you to hear me. What's happening every single week when all these people are coming from darkness into light, we are right in the middle of a move of God right now, countryside. Know that, recognize it. Thank God for it, but believe God for more. Can you pray with me for the sake of all those that raised their hand today? Lord Jesus, thank you for who you are. You're a God of peace. You're a God of hope. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. Because today, Jesus, I make you my Lord, my Savior, my God, and truly my best friend. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Can we give the Lord a great praise offering that he's worthy of? Countryside, I love you so much. I pray for you every day. I believe God's very best is right in front of you in Jesus' name. God bless you, church. Oh, amen. Thank you, Pastor Glenn. That was an awesome message. Would you stand with me now to receive your blessing? And as the altar prayer team comes to the front, I want to encourage you after this blessing, 
If you'd like prayer for any reason, please see an altar prayer team member. And if you raised your hand and prayed that prayer we just prayed for the first time, we have a book to give you called A Fresh Start with God. It's a free gift that we really believe will help you. But to receive your blessing right now, if you would just open your hearts to the Lord, maybe turn your palms upward in an attitude of receiving. May the Lord bless your thoughts with nobility, purity, love, and truth. May the Lord bless your life with all of those things flowing out. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love you, church. Don't forget to look into the groups as you leave today, and hopefully we'll see you this Wednesday and Friday for prayer.